and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in. The long wait is finally over. Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Indeed, it is opening night in the NHL. Let the bells ring out and the proverbial banners fly. It is here. It is here. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here. i got a spring in my step. I, I, I can tell that. over there. My squad tomorrow, but there's a plethora of games tonight. But anyways. At here- the end of the program today, I like to give out my picks usually mm-hmm. at that time. you got a, a couple well, of futures after yesterday, maybe? I'm not sure anybody wants you to give out your picks. What are you picks. talking about? I went 2-1. and one. Oh, you did? Yeah. But you got off on the wrong foot. It doesn't matter. That's true. I'll take 67% yeah. every single day. Uh, boy, oh boy, Wisconsin. <laughs> that was ugly. Whew. What was there, 41 to 6 run at uh-huh. one point? And it felt worse than that. It, it really and truly, it's like they were uh, traffic cones. Mm-hmm. They just stood there. Is Michigan that good? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> You're not the only one to say that. In what fact, what, there what some... don't you like about this Michigan team? I don't know what team. it is, Trent. I don't know what it is. It feels like they have... Seemingly every single component that you could possibly want no, in a team. Yeah, yesterday. <laughs> they have a real point guard. That Smith kid's unbelievable. The wings are incredible. Yeah. They play defense. Mm-hmm. They can shoot it. They mm-hmm. have, though not the head coach, a coach on the bench with big-time experience, sure. Phil Martelli. Yeah. What, what is it about this team? Is it just Dickinson doesn't look like, I don't know, a stud to you? Is, is that... Um, that was my first impression of yeah. him. Um, kind of a stiff. He he was, and I watched Maryland and Michigan. I don't know what night it was. Might it might have been New Year's Eve, and I just eh, okay. I know where they. I know they were they were unbeaten at the time, and they're starting to get some eyeballs on them. Um, I just wish Iowa played them twice. Right. Yes. I just you know that I would love to see that. I was impressed by Smith and Wagner. You know what Dockage said last night during the telecast? He says that the the player in the Big Ten that is the most NBA ready right now, Franz Wagner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. A six nine guard. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Those guys. Yep. They play at that level. Oh, he's he's terrific. and in the first half. Wagner was incredible. Yeah. Uh, well, Trice getting popped in the eye. Yeah. Uh, having to sit down because he was off to and he finished it. I mean, he shot, shot the ball pretty well for the entire night. Davison awful. Reavers terrible in the basket. Uh, look at you. Can't find a lot of positives about those Badgers. Uh, I just thought we were going to settle in last night and see a real toe to toe classic uh, in the Big Ten. We didn't see that. So. And then it's funny because I know I'm not alone in my Michigan hesitancy to go over and fall in love with this team because there were people writing lines on Twitter. Remember when you used to write lines in school, I will not talk or whatever it was. Michigan is good. Michigan is good. Michigan is good. Uh, trying to convince themselves and to get them uh, snap themselves out of that anti-Michigan funk that there's a lot of us in. They were impressive last night, Trent. They were. Uh, your point about Martelli is bang on. Um was it last game, uh, the game before the, the last night's game? There was some, one of the commentators. Uh, it might have been Robbie Hummel talking about how they look Juwan Howard in the eyes every time out. How they, they're they listening to their coach when they run over the bench because why wouldn't you? He's Juwan Howard after all. Now, I will pump the brakes a little bit on this team. This is the first 
That was really a statement good. game last night. It was the first really good team that they played. Yeah. And you never want to fall in love with one performance. Right. Because you look at what's remaining. they got to go to Minnesota next. And Minnesota, we know how they different they home. are in the barn. Yep. They're a completely different team than the one that just got beat by, what was it, 35? Yeah. <laughs> that Michigan beat them uh, right. last weekend. That's going to be a different look. They have road trips coming up. you got to go to Purdue. got to go to Northwestern. got to go to Wisconsin. Have to go to Ohio State and Iowa. Those are the road trips still mm-hmm. remaining here. Are they good? Yeah. Are they top 10 good? Probably in that range. See what Rick Pitino said last night? There are three teams that can win the national championship. Gonzaga, Baylor, and I watched the third one last night. Michigan. Well, when you, get paste, when you see somebody put the pasting like that on there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and he said his point after that, and I, I have not seen Texas. So he's... he's um, reserving the right to include Texas in the conversation. One other thing on the big 7-1 freshman, yep. Hunter Dickinson. Yep. So Ken Pomeroy has his National Player of the Year rating system. Luca Garza won it a year ago, and it's just a statistical model. There's no voting. There's nothing like that. It's mm-hmm. just the statistics and what they spit out, and uh, it gives you kind of a, a rating point. Now, right now, Luca Garza is the runaway uh, choice. His rating number is 1.95. What Second, was it last year? Do you remember? I can pull it up here real quick. It was 1.58. Wow. <laughs> and he uh, just outstretched Devin Dotson for the award. This year, he is up uh, more than 0. .4 points, which is ridiculous, over Trace Jackson Davis of Indiana. Desumu is third. Mm-hmm. Jared Butler of Baylor yeah. is four. And there's Hunter Dickinson wow. at number five. None of the Baylor dudes. I'm the Baylor dudes. None of the Gonzaga dudes. Uh, Timmy is six. Okay. On the list, and even Travion Williams for uh, Purdue, he's at number eight. How about the Big Ten with one, two, three, four, five, six? Uh, no, five of the top eight. Didn't Williams hit a game winner the other day? I th- against I th- Michigan State Michigan Friday night. State, yeah. That's when it was. Okay. Anyway, so so Michigan was good. Back to the BMW Des Moines guest list. I you, you did this on purpose. I came in here bound to determine. Talk a little puck here right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have your chance. You're going to have your opportunity. And for the audience's sake, you did the right thing because <laughs> the the the. the um, the purpose of this is to try and keep your audience from reaching to those reaching forward uh, to that uh, dial in your car. Anyways, um, Joe O'Donnell's going to join us. We'll do the Iowa Wild. We'll do the Minnesota Wild. We'll do a little bit of hockey at ten twenty-five. It is opening night. Did I tell you? It is. Uh-huh. I know the excitement. I can. It, it starts this afternoon, right? No, does it? Yeah, I thought there was like a game. Really? Well, I mean, you should know this. I should know this. Yeah, four thirty. Penguins Flyers. Let's go. Uh, is that a national broadcast? Flyers minus 110. That's probably why I saw it. NBC Sports Network, there's, yes, for that one. Go. I, I did, uh, on my way in this morning, call DirecTV just to make sure that, because my wife got to the DirecTV and she uh-huh. did some cutting and some uh-huh. slashing, uh-huh. and I thought, oh, I know what's going out the it's window. It's scary. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think we've all been there at some but point. But you know what? To, to, to my surprise, it, it wasn't on the chopping block. Oh, that so one made I was, it. So I was still in. Anyways, uh, Joe O'Donnell, 1025. Look forward to talking to Joe. Their season starts, I want to say February. The schedule's not out, but in the AHL season, at least I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't either. The, the AHL season starts the 6th of February. After our hockey conversation, uh, Bill, uh, Bill Bender from the Sporting News, more on college football, the championship. Did you see the numbers? The television Not ratings. Good. Trent are atrocious. I mean, they're still good, but when but when you put it in perspective of of how the trends are going as mm-hmm. of late for this national championship game, you and I will never understand the um group out there that 
that loves college football but just will not watch it because it's the same teams. Right. Uh, the cut off your nose despite your face group. I don't. I'll never be a member of them. Um, but they're they're growing. They're they're growing in number. And let's be honest. You, me, we're going to watch regardless. Right. I think most of our listeners are going to be watching regardless too. It's it's that next tier. It's not the tier that listen to sports talk radio that isn't going to be tuning in mm-hmm. for the national championship. It's it's the casual. Yeah, I, I like football. It's those people. And if there isn't a storyline, Alabama's in it again. Yeah. Ugh. But it's greatness. It is, but dynasties sell at a certain level. Yeah. But in a sport like college football where... You had a team for the Big Ten. I would have thought that that... I, I would have thought too. I mean, I would can have you imagine if it would have been Alabama and Clemson, how bad it would have win, or I've been rather? Because no they one... got, what, 18? Was that number? Uh, 18 or 19. Right in that range. But, but Are we talking down. 14, 15? I just wonder. I just I I don't I don't know. And this has so been, do you go ahead. Well, this has been something I brought up a lot throughout this football season, and it's something that really has bothered me. And it's what this sport is turning into and what it's morphing yeah. into. And I know at times you've kind of rolled your eyes at me, and is it that bad? It is that bad. Mm-hmm. And I think you're seeing that show up in a big way, where all it's about is the playoff. And I hated mm-hmm. the direction it went for Iowa State. It wasn't about this historic season that the Cyclones were having, right, how great right, it was. Right, right. It's about, well, they shouldn't be in the playoff. Right. And, and it was all this negativity when it shouldn't be that way. Iowa 2015, the same exact deal. same thing. Yeah. It was the negativity surrounding it, not this historic season that they were going through. And that is the ugliness of this playoff. In a four-team playoff, where you're looking for the warts and where you're looking for the fourth, fifth team, whoever it turns out to be, frankly, we know the top two Three teams usually. That fourth team is going to have some warts, and it's one of your teams. Mm-hmm. It's not fun to have the national people continuing poking holes. And it's not fun that we don't have the conversations about BYU and Coastal Carolina in the realm of what they really are, which is a really good story. Yep. San Jose State that I jumped on this year. Yeah, and then Those you stories. jumped off, and you were right, by the way, to <laughs> yes, jump off. jumped off at the right time. I jumped on, you jumped off, and you won. <laughs> Those are the stories that make college football what they are. But would expanding the playoff really have mattered when it? No, it will not. Right. Ultimately, it won't. Right. Alabama is still going to get their Clemson, Ohio. North State. Dakota State is in a playoff with twenty-four teams year after year, and they've <laughs> they, won nine yeah. of the last ten because they're the best team mm-hmm. and the best program. That does not matter. But for the UNI's of the world, the Illinois States, the teams, James Madison that have made runs to the national championship game mm-hmm. or get on a path, it still matters. It's still about getting there. And yeah, you're frustrated that you see this behemoth you can't get past. And same thing when Cincinnati runs into Alabama. Well, that sucked. But you got there. And you had your opportunity. And you had your chance. That's what you want. And I think that's a way that you can get this sport back. And Luke Fickle mismanaged the clock. Yeah. Without it, though, you're going to have these numbers, I think, continue to dwindle. It is. So let me run. Did you see Scott Dockerman's um, theory? Mm -mm, Concept. And I, don't, and I don't think Doc's alone on this. He thinks that there's too much football in a row. There's three games on Saturday. There was three games on Sunday. In terms of the timing of the national yeah, championship. Yeah, is, is Monday the right day to have it? Well, look, we're used to that, though. We watched football Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and one game on Monday. I don't know if that's going to make a difference. Not a I mean, huge one. I don't think. Would, would more people have watched Thursday or this 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 coming Thursday or this coming Friday as opposed to the numbers that they put up on Monday? I, I think so. You do? Because you have that buildup. Because yeah. coming off that just epic, historic six-game NFL weekend. It's pretty fun. I, yeah. And I didn't think a second 
about the Alabama Ohio mm-hmm. State game. Even when we were talking with Bama on Friday, leading or we didn't even have no, Bama we didn't on, on Monday, right? But right. It just it was out of sight, out of mind. And then yeah. here we are. All right, they're going to play the game tonight. So and- hype up the game. So play the wild card round mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday. And then Monday, Tuesday, Monday you react to you know the yep. wild cards. You looked at the divisional. Tuesday, Wednesday, the meter goes into it ratchets up a little bit. Yeah. By Thursday, maybe it's in the red zone. I think so. Okay, I think it would help. Okay, but ultimately for me, that doesn't it doesn't lead and to. It's the not level. about you and I. You and I are going to watch. <laughs> right. Right. Yes, and our listeners are going to watch. Uh-huh. But to get the casual fan or the person, oh, a national championship. I like to watch those. Right. How many people just got lost in it and lost in the minutia of, of what the football weekend is? Well, and the game stunk, too. I mean, the, the game stunk. It was stunk. compelling for a quarter for, and a half. It was right. <laughs> for a quarter and a half, it was good. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, rest of the BMW Des Moines guest list. Bill Bender, 1045. Cappy's here, 1105. Uh, lots of ground to cover with Cappy. Sounds like Pace is back. Sounds like Nagy is back. Does that mean Trubisky is back? I guess we'll find out. Uh, we'll do some White Sox conversation because they are the team that is uh, creating the buzz in the Windy City. I'm sure there'll be some Cubs conversation as well. Centurion Stone sponsors Cappy. CenturionStoneofIowa.com sponsors Cappy uh, each and every Wednesday. Joins us at 11.05. We look forward to our conversation with Cap. And then we're going to get into the Big 12. Matt Poston's from Heartland College Sports. Do some football, but Matt is really focusing on basketball. There's a big game last night in the Big 12. And if you didn't have ESPN Plus... Right. You're out of luck. Both Big 12 games were on ESPN Plus last night, were they not? Yeah, also what the Oklahoma... Who was, I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember the other one. Because I never went there. I did go to, and I flipped yep. on the app and I watched the yep. Oklahoma State-Kansas game, but I was right with you. Didn't watch. Now, there is television tonight for a pretty big one in the Big 12. Uh, Texas Tech and uh-huh. Texas play tonight. That's 8 o'clock? It 8 is. o'clock. 8 o'clock, yes. Tip. On the deuce. Good. Um, so, so, yeah, but it's just weird. I mean... I guess everybody tells me it's the future, mm-hmm. old man. This is this isn't about you. Um, these, but Oklahoma State and Kansas is on ESPN Plus. It, it wasn't good enough to make regular TV last night. It's not about being good enough. I know it's about getting people to subscribe to this channel to right. pay the four ninety nine a month. And that's well, it went up. Oh, it's up now. Right. If you bought in when it first came out last year, I think it was four ninety nine a month. Uh-huh. I think if you're a first timer now, I believe that I read that it uh, that the prices. I mean, it's a buck. Oh, okay. But the but it's a buck adds up mm-hmm. in a lot of households, mine included. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's gone up a little bit. So last night, just to just to dot eyes across, just finish with Michigan and and. Um, and Wisconsin statement game clearly for mm-hmm. Michigan. I agree with you. It was their first opportunity to show that you know the hype that they've been uh, having come their way was warranted. And last night, I mean, they were able to empty their bench, Trent, against Wisconsin in a Big Ten basketball game against what I thought was, you know, there's there's a lot of folks that would tell you that Wisconsin's the best team in the Big Ten prior to last night. Yeah. There were. I mean, 5.55 last night, you would ask people, Wisconsin would have been the answer to a lot of these questions. They had no answers. Trice was great. Trice was good um, in the game. But other than that, nobody played with a damn. And this Michigan roster, the starters, um, Wagner, Brooks was, Brooks does what Brooks does. But to me, it was the it's Smith, this Mike transfer. Smith. Yeah, the Columbia kid. Yes. And he was very highly regarded coming in, but... 
I think he's played it even a step up from the level I think a lot of people anticipated mm-hmm. for him coming in. Although there's going to be a transition, you're going from the Ivy League to to moving into the right. Big Ten. He'll be okay. He's exceeded those expectations. Oh. We talked about Dickinson. He's exceeded expectations. You just go on and on and on. This team is good. National championship good. I mm. I'm not there. I, I was I, I was surprised Patino put that out. Now he certainly has the right to uh, the first two that he mentioned right in Gonzaga and Baylor. So how about this? What Big Ten team? is most likely to win a national championship. Because for me, I think the answer is very simple. I still think it's Illinois. You got the big guy downstairs. Mm-hmm. You got young players and, of course, Desumu, mm-hmm. who can beat anybody in the mm-hmm. final minute of a game. Yep. That, to me, I think they have the most upside to get on that kind of run. I think the team most likely to get to a Final Four is still Wisconsin. Most veteran, Jeez. most savvy. It looked bad last night, yeah, but they're going to clamp down right. with you. And in March... You know those refs swallow their whistles, mm-hmm. and the clutch and the grab style works incredibly well in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it's, For me, it's, it's Wisconsin. Izzo's basket. It's Izzo basketball. It is, yeah. And there's another team maybe to throw in the mix, and we'll see. Yeah, Trent, I thought that, I, I would like you thought that maybe they, they'd figure things out, and then they got beat after having a lead the other night. Yeah, against Purdue. Against Purdue. Who's not very good. We didn't, men- we didn't mention Iowa, or you didn't mention Iowa in that conversation. I didn't. Is that is that your fandom? You, you just it might be a little self preservation. Uh-huh. That's who I am as a fan, and I try as hard as I can to take off the fan cap when I'm here talking with you right. on a daily basis. Because there's been nights that they've played defense. There and is. It's not consistent night after night, but there's... Support. From the get-go, they did that against mm-hmm. Minnesota, I thought. Mm-hmm. And you could see that early on, and Bohannon was engaged on that yes. end of the floor. Right. Bohannon's been really good as of late. He has. He's taken that, and that's that's all this team needs, because they are so elite offensively. If they can just be okay on the defensive end, this team's going to be really good. Maybe it's the thoughts of Northwestern State. It's <laughs> the darkest day for me as a sports fan. You and LV gave in the Elite Eight. It just those memories crop in there, and because of that, you got to win four in a row to get to the Final Four. It doesn't seem like a stretch for this team, does it? Not with the big fella in the middle. No, not with him going. The consistency you mm-hmm. have there, the and shooters Wieskamp, on the outside. Wieskamp's been better in this last couple of games, and he needs to continue to play like that. Quality uh, depth. Uh, it's not yes. just depth for the case of depth. No, we've seen Fran maybe mm-hmm. do more times than not. This is quality yep. depth. These are guys that can all come in and not play well, impact the game, change yeah. the game. Right. All four of those guys have done that this season. From Tucson having six steals in a game. To what we've seen out of Keegan Murray. Nunji, who went off for, what, 18 He's in his, his first nights, performance. Yep. You have those guys coming off the bench that take this team to another level. You throw Patrick in there, who's starting to hit his yeah. shot a little bit. And yeah. suddenly, you have nine guys that can completely change the course of a game, along with starters that have all accomplished every single time. Maybe I should. Maybe it's just that scar tissue that's built up too far. If you're going to put Michigan and Wisconsin and Illinois, and I agree with you on Illinois, I thought that that was going to be the team to beat prior to the season. Really haven't seen anything that's made me think that that's not the uh, that was a foolish um, proclamation. But look, Iowa belongs in the conversation. I I think they do. Well, we'll see, and we get them tomorrow night. Are they early tomorrow or late? Are they 8 o'clock? 8 o'clock tomorrow, I believe. Yes, 8 o'clock tip for that one, FS1. Uh, How about that during NFL games, seeing promos of of Luka Garza? That was wild over the weekend. It was. It was a good weekend. Uh, So, maybe Doc's on to something. We'll talk to him about that on Monday. 
I like that idea, actually, now the more that I think about it. Pushing it to Thursday, yeah, the national just, championship just game? Just give it a little, couple of days to, to remind people that there's a game on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that, you know, you get so programmed for a Monday night football game that there's, you know, here's, here's your game on Monday night. It's not done. It's not NFL, but it's a national championship game. We'll see. Well, the, look at they're smart people. Mm-hmm. They they sell these advertising rates based on the the numbers that they've been able to put up in the past, and if they can no longer do that, they're going to have to do something. And Proact is way better than React. And I like to think that people, once they get to that level, are a bunch of proactors, not reactors. So maybe something will be done. Uh, we have some keywords, or a keyword, uh, to give to you. And we're going to do that right now. Joe O'Donnell on the other side. A little hockey conversation coming up with Joe. I look forward to speaking uh, to the voice of the Iowa Wild. But right now, it's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword FUN to 200-200 right now. It's your chance at $1,000. FUN! To 200-200. Get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, uh, we will come back, talk a little puck. Bill Bender at 1045 from the Sporting News. David Kaplan from Chicago at 1105. It's Miller and Condit until noon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO 106.9. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, oh the good old Miller and Condon, welcome back. You know, Canada's our anthem. <laughs> this is the and next the in line. It's uh, pretty good. Stop at Tom Connors. Indeed it is. Let's get Joe O'Donnell in here. He knows this song. He's heard it a bunch of times. Joe, uh, Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Joe O'Donnell? Great tune, fellas, and hockey season, so good to be on with you. Yeah, no, it is. Indeed it is. Uh, Joe, just a lot less of ground to cover with you. Let's start AHL. What are, what are you guys hearing as far as when you're going to get a schedule, when you guys are going to open, uh, some of the uh, parameters around what this season is going to look like? Anything you can share at this point, Joe? Sure. Um, we will start February 5th, and um, I should have a schedule, I hope, from what I've been told, a draft of it this Friday. My guess is more likely by this time next week we've got something more concrete that we might even be able to come out with publicly or at least there just be a minor change or two left. Um, I don't know how much of this is public, so without getting myself in too much trouble, <laughs> hopefully the boss isn't listening, but uh, we're looking at 34 games, so 17 at home, 17 wow. on the road, and it should go from February 5th until about the middle of May. All right, so at least we have uh, the parameters of what things are going to look like, 17 and 17. Of those 17 home games, any marching orders and any anticipation? How many people are going to be allowed inside the building? Um, We are still sort of working through some of those details because the American Hockey League has some protocols in place where they don't want fans within a certain distance of the glass. Mm -hmm. Okay. So our initial sort of spaced-out seating chart needs a little bit of reworking. Um, but what I would tell fans that are used to coming to wild games or been a Wells Fargo arena, uh, whether it's season ticket holder or just casual fans, probably like our max capacity should be somewhere around what I consider like a really good Sunday crowd. 
or um, you know maybe a really good weeknight crowd. Uh, Joe Don, so like thirty five hundred somewhere in that range. Joe, is, is that somewhat accurate ballpark? Kenny, I'd uh, tell you you're exactly right, but I get in trouble doing. No, that I don't want you to get in trouble. That's actually pretty much what we're shooting for. So good, good stuff. Uh, we're going to have all this correspondence coming out to our fans here in the next couple of days. We've already been in contact with a lot of them from surveys on their comfort level about coming to games and mask wearing and. Yep. Um, so if you're a season ticket holder and listening, more to come certainly as we get more details and start to get things signed off on. Uh, as you know, Joe, all the uh, the NHL teams are, are have a taxi squad this year that they you know that they're going to actually have with them. It's not like the taxi squad is in Iowa, for instance, and they call them up. They're going to be with them. What will that do to your roster, Joe? Because I'm assuming that some of those guys that'll be on Minnesota's taxi squad uh, in a normal year would be you know with the with the with the AHL team. Is that how you? see things yeah of course and, and every team will be in the same boat um the, the one thing that i expect minnesota to do is to play their prospects here in iowa uh no sense sitting um you know mason shaw fourth round pick from a couple years back up in minnesota where he can't get games or connor Dewar, who really had a great rookie year brandon duhane both those guys had outstanding camps in minnesota they want those guys playing i think what you'll see is um for for uh a taxi squad perspective, probably your older players, your veteran mm. players, your first call up types of guys. Um, and I, I would expect most NHL teams will employ that strategy because you want your young guys playing. Now, you need some older players down here to help them along the way, certainly. And you can rotate those guys in and out. But I, I would think off the hop, Minnesota starts with a more experienced taxi squad to let the kids play here in Iowa, which, you know, should make for fast, fun, exciting hockey watching, you know, the next stars of the NHL. Uh, which is what this league's really supposed to be all about. Joe, uh, take us through, at least in normal times, what a call-up looks like. A guy gets a call, and they need him in Minneapolis that day, and they you guys happen to be at home, too, here in Des Moines. What that looks like, and how different maybe it'll look this season? Um, yeah, certainly, Trent. It's a great question. I mean, we go through a lot of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and every situation is a little bit unique. Is it after a game where the guy's got to basically get in his car and drive up? Minnesota because they had an injury they were playing the same night or is it somebody sick and misses morning skate and we have a little bit more time to get them there uh it's a team on the road meaning Minnesota so usually what happens is I either get a note from you know either I talk to our coach or our GM or a Minnesota's travel guy at Andrew Height and they reach out to me because I, I book all of our team travel and deal with a lot of the logistics on that end so um I'll then coordinate with the player like here's what I've been told here's when you need to be there and here's your options to get there so that's typically how it works. We get them up there as quickly as possible. Uh, this year's going to be a little different with COVID protocols. We are testing every day here in Iowa. That started mm. yesterday. Um, so we'll be in line with NHL standards. Uh, we'll probably be more stringent than most AHL clubs in that regard. But hopefully that gives us the flexibility that in a pinch, uh, we're confident guys are negative uh, for the coronavirus. And then we can kind of send them up. Uh, in which case, then they'll kind of enter NHL protocols, and if there's quarantine and stuff like that in place, they'll have to follow suit. But um, I expect probably less call-ups and, and, and those logistics just because of the taxi squad. But saying that now, maybe in March, I'm regretting that, and, and maybe it'll be just chaos. I'm not, you know, I guess every every situation will be different team to team. So what what about you, Joe? Because we know that you know a lot of uh, teams are not the broadcasters are not going on the road with the team. Um, of course, you know, when it's the NFL or with the, 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 these games are all televised. That's not necessarily the case. 
you know, with the, with the number of cameras anyways, um, that you, that you might be forced to, to use. Will you go on the road with the team or will you do it remotely? Uh, I am going to travel the team. I Good. guess part of that's probably because I handle all the team travel. So, um, I gotta, I gotta be there for all the hotel logistics and bus stuff and flights and all those things. Um, and I honestly, I, you know, I, I love that fact of uh, mm-hmm. me being at the rink after battle. Now, not having fans in a lot of these arenas we're going to play in is certainly going to be an adjustment. Um, but I'm looking forward to, you know, being there so you can get sort of the day-to-day feel and the vibe of the team and those latest scoops. And, um, so I will be traveling. I don't know that a lot of guys in our league will be. And uh, if you want my humble opinion from a broadcaster's perspective, I'm I'm kind of saddened that, um, you know, a, a negative side currently of this uh, pandemic we've all been in from, a, again, a very minimal negative side, but just the fact that, you know, the broadcast industry has changed mightily. Mm-hmm. Um, the beat writer industry has changed mightily with the Zoom press conferences. And, and I don't know that it will, all, if it may ever go back to the way it was, which, you know, if companies can save money by not sending their broadcaster, they think the product's still good enough calling it off a monitor. Mm-hmm. I mean, that changes the game. Um in our industry and you know certainly on an aside that's just something that like i'm slightly rattled about if that's the way it plays out well look as as good as doc emmerich is um and was till the end he was doing the end of this the stanley cup games from his home in michigan you could tell it's yep. just, you're just a little yep. bit behind it's it's not the same yep. uh, a couple of things i do want to get into the the big club but marco rossi the number one overall pick i mean i think fans would love to see him down here i think he's hurt at, at this point is there a chance rossi would be uh in des moines or with the iowa wild just to get those 34 games in have you heard what their plans are for him I have not on him, Kenny, but I will tell you that there are some Minnesota Wild WHL Western Hockey League products that are on their way to Des Moines. The league has sort of made a a one-year or at least a temporary exception for some of those 18- and 19-year-old kids. Awesome. Uh, Adam Beckman, who was the WHL MVP last season, um, is slated to come and join us for camp. I don't know if we'll get into games or if he's just here to skate. Uh, That crystal ball is still a little bit murky for me, but there will be at least three guys that we would not be able to have normally because of the league rules and, and their age and will be here now. Uh, now if the WHL gets started and they start playing junior hockey in Canada, those guys would obviously go back to the junior team. But for now, we would have we are expected to have some guys here in Iowa. Uh, the fans may have a chance to see that otherwise in a, in a normal year they wouldn't. Uh, Joe, I thought that the the NHL really did the the wild of the service shipping them out west. I mean, I get St. Louis is also part of it, but those are the only two central time zone teams uh, that got shipped out west. It's a pandemic. I I understand all the Canadian teams they're staying up there. Uh, it's really different this year. But you know what this means? Sadly, for you know, um, if you're a diehard hockey fan, you're going to stay up and watch the game, right? But there's a lot of nine o'clock puck drops for the Wild this year, and a weeknight and a school night that makes it tough joe that's a great point um i hadn't put too much thought into that i mean i i I knew they were going out west i didn't really look at the time too much but you're right it is a great point especially for trying to you know if you're in the state of hockey and you've got young kids that want to watch the games and they can only watch the first period now or maybe less i will say this though one benefit i think is that that division is way weaker and from a hockey (laughs) standpoint if minnesota wants to make the playoffs the pacific division gives them a great opportunity to do so um, and I'm not so sure that, you know, obviously travel costs will go up for the team as well, but yeah. 
I think from a player standpoint, you go spend a week in California and play three or four games, you'd rather that than, no offense, Kenny Winnipeg. No, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, and I'm sure you're, you're missing that late January trip uh, to the peg. Yeah. <laughs> right. So with the parent club and the new division as they'll play for this year in the NHL West, is making the playoffs, is that a realistic goal for the Wild this year, just at least to get in, be one of the eight teams that advance? Yes, 100%. I think it, if they don't, uh, it would it would be a disappointment. They're in a bit of a transition year. Yeah, they are. Uh, Bill Guerin tinkered with this roster a lot, though. He, he uh, has brought in some guys that are sort of low risk um, from a standpoint that, like, their contracts you're not tied to or they're older players looking for a change of scenery um, but could be high reward, like a Nick Bukestad, a Marcus Johansson. Um, they tried to get a little bit quicker. Uh, Miko Koivu has moved on, so it's the end of an era there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Stahl is not with the organization anymore. So Minnesota will have some new faces, but the big name that everybody's been waiting for for years is Kirill Kaprizov. Mm-hmm. He's in camp. He's going to make his debut on Thursday uh, in Los Angeles against the Kings. Minnesota fans have been waiting for years for his Russian contract to expire. Uh, he is a stud. He could be in the Calder Trophy running for Rookie of the Year in the NHL, and fans will finally get see him in Minnesota colors uh, this week, and I, and I know I, he had a great camp. He was uh, impressive in the scrimmage, scoring a goal and an assist. Uh, again, no preseason for the NHL, so that'll certainly make things a little tricky off the start, but I like what Minnesota's done. I think Bill Guerin went out and made necessary changes. Might take him a little time to gel, but um, I think they're a team that certainly should make the playoffs in that division. So, Joe, last thing, um, just going back to February the 5th, that's a Friday night. Have you been told yep. that you will open at home? Is that uh, the yes. expectation? Will, yep. Yeah, the expectation is to start February 5th and February 6th at home, and then probably early that week as well. I think what we're going to see is more kind of to limit travel for teams, bring a team in like Texas Stars when they come in for maybe mm-hmm. five days and play three games, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So I fully expect us to drop the puck at Wells Fargo Arena February 5th with fans in attendance and get Iowa Wild Hockey back on track. And again, we should uh, hopefully this time next week be able to announce a lot more um, things in concrete and in writing for our fans or our season ticket holders. Well, you got a slot to attend to new whenever you need it, Joe Donald. Keep us posted, and uh, we'd love to talk to you as many times as you need us to. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you coming on. Enjoy opening night. Thanks, pal. Kenny Trent, take care, guys. Thank good, you. Good, yep, good to talk to you. Joe Donald, the voice of the Iowa Wilds. So 34 games, mm-hmm. 17 home, 17 on the road. Joe's going on the road, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're, you know what it's like, Trent. They're, mm-hmm. And a lot of them, if, when they're on that HL TV, it's the one camera in the building. It's not yeah. like there's camera in every corner. It's and, not like an NHL right, broadcast. It's not. Very difficult. It, it would have been tough. In general, hockey... Has to be up there as some of the most difficult to do play by play for. Just following the puck, depending on where you yep. are, where you're seeing it, and then to have to do it on a monitor. I was told this by broadcasters, and I, I, I don't. I mean, the two most difficult, if you want to call it a sport, to, to horse racing and hockey. Okay, are the two most difficult. I can't imagine doing what you did with <laughs> with horse racing. Yeah, do you know what the worst was? It was the last race of the night. Ten thirty. It's foggy. It's mis- it's uh-huh. misty. It's raining, and he, and and the horses turn for home. And you go by what the jockeys are wearing. That's yeah. how I identify the horse. The silks. The silks. And they're all mud cat. They're all look the same, muddy. And you're Anyways, tired. Um, and you've been jabbered for three and a half hours. We will take a timeout. Bill Bender will join us next. We'll do some NFL with Bill because he is now 
moving away from the college game, since there is no more, into the NFL. Him and Vinny Iyer will handle a lot of the NFL duties, one of our regular guests for the Sporting News. Uh, Bill Bender is next as we take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0-1. Welcome back to Miller and Condon. COVID has made life uh, very difficult for Iowans, and now Iowans must decide some of them between food or utilities. In other words, heat or eat. Food insecurity has doubled since March 2020, tripled for households with children. If you can help or if you need help, foodbankiowa.org, foodbankiowa.org. Bill Bender uh, covers football. College and NFL for the Sporting News. Bill Bender is with us. Bill Trenton, Ken, as always, we certainly appreciate you coming on with this. Uh, Bill, the television numbers, um, not the, not the best for Monday night's championship. There's a lot of folks that are, I guess, Monday evening quarterbacking it now as to how to get this game back on track numbers wise. And the consent, or at least the early, maybe, I don't know, leader in the clubhouse might be moving the game to a different day, you know, moving it to a Thursday or a Friday. So you get on a wild card weekend, then the hype builds on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and you play Thursday. Does that make sense, Bill? And is, is, um, is that feasible, do you think, to, to do? Well, I, like you guys, uh, or at least you can, I, I'm a little stunned at how low the rankings were, or the ratings were, because you you know, you think Alabama, Ohio State, people are going to tune in, and yep. you wonder, was it the blowout? Was it the night placement? I know from our end, at least mine, you, you always look at that, and you struggle to get a lot of page views that weekend because you're up against the NFL playoffs. Mm. So, to your point, maybe they do move it to a Wednesday or Thursday, or Maybe this is another indictment on the fact that we're still dealing with kind of a three-team sport right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's Trent's point. Yes. And that's the angle that I go in a whole lot. I know there's theories out there, what you can do to change it, reducing scholarship numbers, those kinds of things that they did the last time, what, 25 years ago, I think it's the last time that they reduced those numbers. Anything else, or is this just, it's cyclical, and right now, yeah, the greatest coach of all time at Alabama, an Ohio State team that has a ton of positives and the only team in the North region that has those positives. And a Clemson team that's caught fire, lightning in a bottle, and it'll be cyclical. And we'll see another group of teams come through here. Or is it deeper than that in your mind, Bill? I think it's a little bit deeper. I mean, I, you guys know from living in this part of the country that Ohio State's really the only program right now, and maybe Notre Dame, north of the Mason-Dixon line, that can really compete for a national championship. I don't think anybody else is equipped to do that right now. And that, that extends to Michigan, to, to Nebraska, to, you know, Iowa had a nice season, but does anybody think Iowa's ready for Alabama? Yeah, <laughs> is right. anybody ready for Alabama at this point? I, it was uh, eye-opening to watch them kind of just, I think the last time Ohio State got beat like that was by Iowa in, in Iowa City. It was 55. What was it, 55? 24. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, Bill, the, the, um, Devontae Smith, um, Jalen Waddle's on the field. People forget, I think, that 
Um, the prior to Waddle getting hurt, he was the receiver that had the buzz. Devontae Smith was look. I don't want to say he was a secondary Smith, our piece, but it was Waddle that uh, that most people, when you talked about that Alabama receiver core, uh, that most people thought that this is the guy that people that the teams are going to have to, you know, to fear the most on that offense. Not Devontae Smith. I mean, it's just an embarrassment of riches. Is my point. Ponte was the number three last year. Right. Behind Ruggs and Watt? Uh, Judy, yeah. Probably four, even, behind Waddle and Ruggs and Judy. Right. So I think what he did this season was remarkable. It was pretty clear he was the best player on the field. Ohio State did not have a good plan of attack in terms of trying to slow him down. They were isolating him on linebackers, and that's game over. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but he was phenomenal. And, and people were getting on Waddle on Monday night. And I have two opinions about that. It, it's one, I get it. You know, it's his future. But that speaks to the Alabama culture. Like, I don't think he was pressured to play. I think he wanted to play. He wanted to get yeah, out there and I play and be a part of a national championship team. I mean, Landon, I thought it was pretty cool when Landon Me Dickerson too. went out mm-hmm. the final snap. Um, that's a culture of winning. And when people aren't a part of that, it's easy to take shots at it. But, hey, man, they're the ones holding the trophy again. Year after year after year, they are right there. The last time that they lost multiple games, you know, had a three-loss season, you have to go back to, what, 2010? Mm. It's absolutely ridiculous the level that they play on. And the SEC and the stranglehold that they have on the sport, the playoff. What the playoff looks like in the future, not next year, probably without, not the next two or three years, but down the line, is eight enough? Is 16 enough? Because this sport has concerns. This sport has issues. And having everybody engaged and everybody feeling like they have a shot, where would you go with the new playoff, whatever it looks like in your mind? I'll have to go to eight eventually. Mm-hmm. And I hope, like I told you guys before, I hope it's on campus yeah. for the first round. Right. I think that'd be awesome. Um, I think it'd be more exclusive or inclusive. You know, one of the things I've been, I was talking to James Laurinaitis about this on his show earlier this morning. You know, if you're a recruit, if you're a four or five star recruit and all you're seeing on TV in January is Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State, where do you think you're going to go? <laughs> you know, and then you turn on the TV on Sunday and you make full NFL teams out of Alabama and Ohio State. Yeah, of course the elite talent's going to go there. So, you know, that would give it a chance to show a Pac-12 team in the playoff every year, to show off a group of five school, and I think it'll happen eventually. I don't know if it'll solve the problem with Alabama and Ohio State, though, because I still think those two programs in particular are better at producing NFL talent in three years. It's a first-round talent, better than everybody else. Nick Saban talked about that last week. When his guys come in, say they're going to go to the pros, he tells them if the difference between first-round money and – second day and third day money and it is a big difference yeah uh Najee took advantage of that and he's going to get paid uh bill let's switch from the college game to the nfl i mean by coming back that extra year um four games this weekend what what do you think is the i mean a lot of folks say, oh, there's the bills and the ravens and there's no other game that's clearly the answer and it probably is um so is that the best game bill by 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 a long shot uh what other game has a chance to be as compelling at least before they kick off, uh, as that the two old quarterbacks, where are you going? All four games have have compelling elements to them, and all four games could be close. Um, you may laugh at that, but the Browns, if they run the football well, and 
hit a couple screen passes against the Chiefs. I don't know if they can keep up with the Chiefs' offense, but you know, last time Baker and Mahomes played, they put up a couple points in the college game. Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to be a fun game. I think Green Bay. And you guys know I'm a big Packers mm-hmm. fan. I, that defensive line the Rams has concerns me. Sure. I think that's going to be kind of the ugly game of the weekend, but Green Bay gets out of it. Um, I, I just, you know, I'm updating this story now. Can you guys believe that Tom Brady and Drew Brees played head-to-head for the first time in 1999 in a Michigan-Purdue game, <laughs> and 22 years later we're watching them in this round of the NFL? I, just that's unbelievable wild. to me. That is wild. <laughs> <laughs> think about football of all sports mm-hmm. right i was 19 and i'm 41 now and i'm just like thinking i remember watching that game and uh these two doing it I, I, that's the one i'm most interested in honestly and no no disrespect to that buffalo baltimore game that'll be a good game too but yeah. just seeing those two old guys do it and i always like the joke those two are both older than me so i could still technically play nfl quarterback in the nfl <laughs> Technically, technically. Technically. Uh, yes, yeah. I'm not sure how the arm's holding up anymore, Bill, but hey, uh, I want to go to your home state. Cleveland gets the win against the Steelers. I mean, for those long-suffering Browns fans, that just had to be incredible, not just to get the playoff win for the first time in a quarter century, but also Beat to do Steelers. it against the Steelers <laughs> and, and with everything that happens, Stefanski, the rest of the coaching staff, on and on and on. But let's fast-forward from that to this week. What does it take to go into Kansas City and not keep it close, not to have it be a good – to win against the reigning champs. Well, they got to get off to a hot start, too. I mean, a, a similar hot start. I don't know if they'll get 28 in a row. But, hmm. you know, if Cleveland were to get up like 14 nothing, that would be huge because they could play from ahead and run the, ball. run the football. And like I said, they're, they're running backs match up favorably with Kansas City's linebackers. And then on the right. other side, you know, the Chiefs did have a bunch of one-score games down the stretch. Yep. I saw Joe Thomas point this out and – Joe knows football a lot more than I do. So, I mean, those are things that maybe the Browns can get after a little bit, get a turnover here. I, they're up against the tall order, though, because Kansas City can just kind of pass through it, if that makes sense, and I think they will. Uh, I know it's cliche, but you have to be playing your best football at, at this time of year. And what the Ravens went through, Bill, with all the COVID that they had, um, you know, the, the moving games back into the into the week, etc., it just seems to me like maybe this Ravens team is the one that's um, that that that's going to be standing at the end. I mean, I I want I want the Bills to win the football game. I love the story, but I just can't make that case. I think Baltimore will beat them, setting up a, an epic. And we saw it in Week Three on Monday night, and the Chiefs marched into Baltimore and kicked their you know what. Um, this Baltimore team, it, it, it seems to me that they might be the you know the it team if there is such a thing with only eight of them left. Yeah, I think Baltimore is going to win too. It's going to be close. I like their running game. I think their defense has been a difference, though. You know, they were able to kind of limit Derrick Henry last week, not give up too many big plays on a road and tough road game. Now, Buffalo presents some interesting challenges with Stephon Diggs and the way Josh Allen's playing, and they have a tough defense, too. But I like Baltimore in a close one, so I think it'll be Baltimore and Kansas City on that side. And then, uh, you know, I can set you up for the NFC games. I think, um, again, taking my – fan hat off i think green bay is going to have a tough game but the colder it is the better in that one against jared goff and i think green bay gets to the nfc championship game and comes down to that other one and i'm like the way you feel about baltimore is how i feel about tampa bay Mm -hmm. i think they're that team that i'm kind of scared of as a fan 
Seem to be playing well at this time, no doubt about that. Bill, listen, we are out of time. Appreciate what you did throughout uh, the college football season. We'll um, pick your NFL brain at some point next week when we have the four teams set to play on Championship uh, Sunday. Bill, thank you. Hey, no problem. Thanks, guys. Take Good care. to talk to you. Bill Bender from the Sporting News as uh, we talk a little football. We'll talk a little Chicago sports with our friend David Kaplan next. Brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa, Miller and Condon, here till noon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.